The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn, and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Mariana, and welcome back to the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, it's all about our hormones, balancing our hormones, gut health, and what we can do. On TikTok, I kept seeing something about cycle syncing, and I was like, wow, how have I never thought about this before? Of course, in the four phases of our cycle, there's different things we either crave for food, things we need to eat for ourselves, movement that works for us. But I wanted to know more about this for myself personally, because I'm like, why have I never thought about this? And I want to balance my hormones. I want to feel great in all of these phases. And how can I really optimize my health. So I reached out to Lauren Chambers. She's a nutrition and hormone health coach, and she is telling so much information in this episode I think will be so helpful for you. She's also got a resource for you guys. It's a 28-day plan. I will link it in the show notes if you guys want to explore that as well so you guys can learn even more in depth from her. And if you guys want to know about cycle syncing and balancing your hormones, I think you guys will love this episode. And before we get into the episode, don't forget we have a brand new Summer Fridays product. It is our Midnight Ritual Retinol. Retinol is such an incredible ingredient that you can use in your skincare routine. And if you are new to retinol or maybe have tried it before and it hasn't worked for you, this might be a great option for you to try. It's available right now at summerfridays.com and at Sephora. And if you want to know more about retinol, go back and listen to the episode I have with Dr. Sam Ellis. She is a board certified dermatologist and we are explaining all about retinol more in depth, how to use it, when to use it and more. And if you guys love Summer Friday's Lip Butter Balm, which I don't know if I've shared the stat with you guys yet, but we sell one Lip Butter Balm a minute. It's incredible. It's back in stock. So we sold out through the holidays and it is back in stock right now at summerfridays.com and at Sephora. So definitely go pick it up. We've got four flavors, our original vanilla, vanilla beige, brown sugar, and poppy. So I hope that you guys can go stock up on some of your favorite Summer Friday's products. Now let's hear from Lauren. I think especially in the last like year or so, I've been seeing so much about hormones and cycle syncing and hormone imbalance. And I love that it's getting a spotlight, especially on TikTok, because I think women, we have all of these issues and we don't even realize what it's coming from. So how did you get started with hormone health? Yes, I love. Thank you, TikTok, for that. I've heard it's trending on TikTok. So that's pretty cool. I should probably get on there. But so I actually would say I was the poster child for hormonal imbalances and symptoms for well over a decade, but I just had no idea. I think like most women, I thought that my symptoms were normal and I would just have to deal with them as a normal part of being a woman. So it was like everything from the intense and painful cramping to the heavy periods. Then I had light periods and then missing periods for like two years, had some acne and hair loss and digestive issues And then my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, even tracked my cycle and our fights for six months because he was convinced like (laughs) our fights happened (laughs) right before I started my period, which was actually accurate. And I was like, wow, I can't believe you did that. But so, yeah, I had a lot of symptoms. Again, I thought it was normal. And then when I went back to school to become a certified nutrition coach, I started implementing some of these like lifestyle 
and diet habits that helped, but it wasn't until I went back to school specifically to study hormonal health that I realized that while my symptoms were common, they were not normal. They're actually symptoms of hormonal imbalance and that I could resolve most of them just through diet and lifestyle changes. So I just started to do that and noticed such a difference in every aspect of my life. And that like really put me on this journey to help educate and empower women. I think the more we understand and know about our hormones and our body and we can support them, like the better we're going to feel all month long. And then we can like go off and do all the amazing things that we're meant to do. So. And what exactly is hormonal imbalance and how can you even tell if your hormones are unbalanced? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So your hormones are chemical messengers and they regulate and maintain every bodily function you can think of. So your mood, your libido, fertility, body temperature, blood pressure, your period, digestion, your memory, and they are secreted by our endocrine system. And so that's a system of glands that sends those chemical messages back and forth. So it communicates to produce either like more of a certain hormone or less. So basically when we have a hormonal imbalance, we just have too little or too much of a certain type of hormone and our hormones need to be capped Goldilocks style. So it's like not too much, not too little, just right. And there are another number of factors that can impact like the, and mess with the communication, mess with the receptors, mess with our hormones itself. So we can have too little or too much of a certain hormone. And then that leads to all of those symptoms that we then can experience like irregular, heavier, painful periods, weight gain, fertility challenges. And how do you even test to know that if you're unbalanced? Like, I think like, you know, intuitively we know like, okay, this period doesn't seem like it should be, or I feel like this, but is there a test that we can get done to know for sure? Yep. So I would say first, just like you mentioned, awareness is key. So starting to like become aware of your symptoms, track them, track your cycle. And then secondly, I would say before just like going and doing any test, if you can look into a functional medicine practitioner in your area. So just even Googling functional medicine practitioner and someone who specializes in women's health or hormonal health and meet with them and explain your symptoms, they can help you get nuanced into the right type of testing. But in general, I would say there are a few good methods. And one common one that I recommend starting with is the Dutch test. And so that's actually, it's a urine test. It looks at multiple metabolites. It looks at your sex hormones, your stress hormones, your patterns, your circadian rhythm, and it's pain-free. It's pretty easy to do. It's not too expensive. And that's a pretty good baseline test that can give you insight into a lot of what your hormones are doing. So this wouldn't be a test that you would go to like a traditional doctor for, because I think what I had done before was I felt like some things were just not right. I was going to my doctor, I was getting things tested and they're like, okay, everything is in a normal range. And I'm like, well, I feel like it's not. And then it was when I went to a functional medicine doctor and they were like, okay, it might fall in the normal range for a doctor. But then when we're looking at it, we can tell because we're looking at healthy people and people who are, you know, have experiencing issues that we can tell it's not in this normal, quote unquote, normal range. Totally. Yeah. And that's really important. There's like that baseline, but that's not like thriving. Right. And if you want to feel optimal, you, there's a certain range within you want those numbers to be in. And so, yeah, I think it can be really helpful to look into a functional medicine practitioner or someone who's like 
not just wanting to help prevent against disease, but like really help you thrive and feel your best. So once you get this test back or you feel like something is off, what can we do next and how can we balance our hormones at home? Yes, I love this question. And I am all about like the simple micro habits, like the easy things, because for me, what I think it really comes down to is what we're doing daily and what's something like easy that we can consistently do in our daily routine, because that's what's going to compound and have like that really big impact over time. So, you know, of course it depends on what your results are. Like it will be more nuanced and there will be specific things because each hormonal imbalance comes with its own set of symptoms. But when it comes down to it, like our hormones, um, really kind of thrive and need like the most basic things. So like one key way would be with your meals. And there's a lot that you can do like little simple things to really help with the effectiveness of your meals at home. So like one to start would just be to eat more regularly and often and eat a nutrient dense breakfast within an hour of waking. Another would be like making sure that your meals have a good balance of protein and fat and fiber. Those are those macronutrients that are so key for hormone balance. And then like eating a wide variety of foods. So protein would be like, you could get derived protein from animal protein, from eggs, from seafood. That could be like avocados, olives, olive oil, nut seeds. And then fiber could be any fruits or vegetables, lentils, quinoa, oats, just making sure you're getting in a wide variety because those are the building blocks that our hormones need to synthesize, to produce, to regulate. It's everything. So that's a great place to start. Anything you can do to like reduce stress exposure or build up stress resilience at home. So that might be like limiting email or social media use or like checking your phone less often, putting it on airplane mode before bed, wearing blue light blocking glasses. If you have to be like on electronics late at night, taking walks, anything that helps you feel more joy and less stress. So, you know, maybe some deep breathing, some meditation movement, especially based on where you're at in your cycle, anything that's going to help you optimize your sleep quality, which is so huge for hormonal health. So again, like not having anything happen too stressful late at night, like having a good wind down routine, drinking some tea, getting in bed before 10 PM, which is really helpful before you get that like second wind of cortisol, which can make it hard to fall asleep and then reducing toxin exposure in your house. I feel like that's a really good one and a good like way to start. And you don't have to do it all at once. Just when you're almost out of a product, you can go and you can look it up on the think dirty app, which is free and look up the ingredients and see the rating and then replace it for something less toxic or start replacing plastic containers for glass containers Lots of little ways to just like reduce your toxin exposure over your house. But those tend to be like the big key ones that have the biggest impact on our hormones. So like our meals, our exposure to stress, our exposure to toxins, getting high quality sleep. And then last, but certainly not least tracking your cycle. That's an easy free one you can do at home and just start like noticing and understanding which phase of your cycle you're in because you have different hormonal fluctuations and there are certain habits that you can incorporate to just like really help you thrive, not just during parts of the month, but the entire month long and your entire cycle. 
Yeah, I want to get into that later because I have so many questions. <laughs> um, okay, yes. so many follow-ups here. So balancing your hormones, and I love I love what you said about more joy and less stress because I think lately there's been a bigger push around low-impact workouts and walks and Pilates and how it can be really highly effective without having to have a stressful workout. And I noticed that with myself. I live in Los Angeles, and there's these really high-impact workouts that are so stressful, and I would leave there not feeling better. I almost felt worse because it was like, too intense for me. So why is it that these low impact workouts and something more gentle is better suited for our hormones? Yes. Yes. I love this question. And I can definitely like relate to that too, because I, for like six years, I would do CrossFit workouts like every day I trained for a marathon. Like I just had that mentality, like the harder, the more intense, the better. And it totally backfired and I just became completely depleted and burned out. But I don't want to like, you know, say that high intensity workouts are negative. There's certainly a time and place for them. And I do still enjoy them, but it does depend on your hormonal balance, like your state. If you're already super high stress, if you're already dealing with burnout, that can only increase high intensity workouts can increase those symptoms. But if say you're just like at a baseline, and you're not dealing with burnout, you can incorporate it, especially during the first half of your cycle, your follicular and ovulatory phase, which we can definitely get more into and the cycle sinking. But that is because during that time, our hormones like estrogen and testosterone that help boost our energy and our confidence and libido are higher and our stress and immune response is lower. So we can do more of those like running, kickboxing, spinning and not feel completely depleted and burned out afterwards because we have more energy to work with. It's less stress on our bodies. It's still some stress, but less of a response than if we were to do it later in our cycle, like in our luteal phase, which is leading up to our period or our period. That is when those hormones start to drop. We're low energy. We need more rest. We have a heightened stress and immune response. So if we put that additional stress on it, then it tends to backfire We've got increased circulating glucose to help us get and cortisol to help us get through that workout, but then it ends up getting stored and increasing fat storage in the body and leads to more muscle wasting. And then we're like crankier, we're more tired, we've got more cravings, and we like crave more sweet or starchier foods. So it's probably not the desired outcome of what we're looking for with these workouts. And what would actually benefit us is to incorporate those lower impact movements, the stress reducing workouts like gentle yoga or Pilates or low impact strength training or walking or low incline walking. And especially with other conditions like PCOS, which is a hormonal condition where oftentimes blood sugar can be dysregulated. It's shown that like low impact movement is actually much better for it based on how it impacts like our blood sugar and our stress response. So yeah, I'm all about the low impact movement. Let's take a quick break because I want to talk to you guys about something that's really important to me, something that I love and a healthier life really starts with a deeper understanding of your body from the inside out. Your body has its own voice. You just have to listen. Aura Ring is wearable technology that lets you know what's happening on the inside and delivers personalized health insights to help you take positive steps forward in your health journey. I love mine so much. This is why I wear it literally 24-7 for so many years now because it really, really helps me so much so I can adjust my things that I'm doing during the day to get quality sleep. So whether it's mental, physical, or emotional, we all benefit from more self-knowledge. Understanding your overall health is really essential and Aura Ring helps you discover how your body is working. 
In this age, so much of our life is trackable, as you know, and health monitoring technology is nothing new, but it only works if you actually wear it, which is why I wear mine 24 seven. I get the best insights and it's something that I'm wearing all the time and it just looks like jewelry. An aura ring makes it so simple. There's no straps, screens, or boxy design. So it really just feels like part of my overall style aesthetic. It's literally the first thing I do every morning when I wake up is open the app to see how I slept that night. And then I'm always tracking my steps during the day because I have a step goal for myself. It really helps me so much to be like, okay, wow, like what I did yesterday really helped me or maybe I need to adjust something. So one small ring could really make a world of difference in your health that I know it personally has for me. Visit AuraRing.com slash LWM to find the right ring for you and get $15 off your purchase. That's AuraRing.com slash LWM. Don't forget to use our link to save $15 off your Aura Ring. And I want to ask about cycle syncing because this is something that I don't know much about, but I'm really interested in because I track my cycle. I can tell how I'm feeling. I know when my period's coming, but how do I like optimize myself through cycle syncing? So exactly, let's take, talk about cycle syncing first and like what it is and what the phases are. Okay. Yes. Love this. So I, I think the easiest way to sort of understand it is just like there are four phases or four seasons in the year, winter, spring, summer, fall, there are four phases in our menstrual cycle. And they actually align really well with those four seasons. And so just like with the seasons, like there are certain things that are going on in nature. There are certain things we feel like doing more of and eating more of seasonal foods that help us feel our best. It's the same with our menstrual cycle. And so starting now it's winter, obviously, and winter is synonymous with our menstrual phase. So that is day one that our period starts until the day it ends. And so this is a point in our cycle where all of our hormones, our sex hormones, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, they're all at their lowest. And that signals to our uterine lining to shed, which breaks down and then causes our period. So we're feeling really low energy. We really need to rest. We're losing a lot of minerals through blood loss. And so it's like a time of rest, repletion. So we think like cozy winter foods, we should be eating a lot of like bone broth, soups, stews, red meat, stuff that's going to help build up our mineral stores, which is going to give us a lot of energy and feel better at the entire the of our next cycle. And again, rest, like this is not a time for high intensity interval training. That's only going to totally deplete us and it'll affect the rest of our cycle. And then like mentality wise, it's not really a great time to be like super productive. Again, this is a time when your body's just telling you to rest. So like if you can hold off on scheduling events, I know it doesn't always work out that way or like doing intense projects and just like trying to incorporate more self-care and rest, you will see your energy just like start to come back in leaps and bounds. So then from winter or our menstrual phase, we move into spring, our internal spring, which is our follicular phase. So after our period ends, maybe about like seven to 10 days long and estrogen and testosterone start to rise. And that signals to our ovaries to prepare and ripen an egg, but it also helps like increase our libido, our mood, our confidence. We are feeling good. It's a great time to try new things, start new projects, set intentions, be productive. We've got more energy. So if you were in your follicular phase on new year's or new year's day, you're probably like, yes, I got this. I'm so motivated. If you were in your menstrual phase, it was probably the opposite. So great time for planning, great time for starting those projects, good time to incorporate high intensity interval training, or like do a little bit of harder workouts. And then just like 
spring food wise, it's more lighter, fresh, but still nourishing foods. So you can start to add in like some salads or smoothies, lighter proteins, quinoa bowls, you know, just think like spring fresh foods. And then from there, estrogen and testosterone and our luteinizing hormone peak. And we go into our ovulatory phase and that is our fertile window. So that's a great time for connection. We are feeling and looking our best. Our skin looks better. Our hair looks better. It's a really good time to like schedule events or dates or speaking engagements, like anything where you're going to be around another person. If you're trying to get pregnant, that's a great time to be trying. Um, And then just like your summer phase, you're going to be eating more lighter, but still like nourishing foods. It's actually really interesting. Primarily, this was a time for finding a mate, not for foraging. So many times we'll notice our appetite is suppressed. So if you eat too much or too heavy foods, you can feel really lethargic and sort of backed up. So you still want to be eating, you know, more lighter and smoothies and leaner proteins. And again, sort of listening to your body, good time still for high intensity interval training. And then from there, once we ovulate, estrogen and testosterone decline, and then progesterone, which is like our calming, relaxing hormone starts to rise. And that helps thicken the uterine lining in the case of a potential pregnancy or implantation. And so this is like cozy fall vibes. Like we're, we're starting to turn a bit more inward. We're starting to like, feel like we want to nest a little bit more. You might still be like riding high off the ovulatory effects for a little bit, but then you're going to want to start to slow down good time for like completion. So tying up any projects or loose ends, organizing or cleaning your house, doing your finances or paying your bills so that when your winter phase comes up, you can really just like rest and feel at ease. You want to slow down the workouts and do more lower impact movement, especially because your stress response and your immune response is heightened. So it's easier to get like burnt out, sick, feel depleted. So, you know, the weightlifting, the Pilates, yoga, low incline walking, and then food wise, I love this phase actually, because our metabolic rate increases and you need about 300 more calories per day and like fall foods, more of those cozy, like starchy, warm foods, like the grain bowls and the oatmeal and savory oatmeal and stuffed sweet potatoes and squash and like all those things I love. And you need to eat more make sure you're nourishing yourself regularly and often because your blood sugar is less stable too. So if it's not the time to skimp meals, it's not the time to like diet or fast or not eat enough. That's actually going to have a really negative effect on our cycle and our hormone health. And so those are the four phases. I know that was a lot, but I think for me as someone who was a chronic dieter for so long and like, I just would push myself so hard and expect myself to show up the same way day after day, eat the same foods, do the same workouts. And if like, I, if I was hungry or not satisfied, or if I felt like I couldn't run as many miles or whatever, I would be so hard on myself. And so I think for me anyway, and my hope for other women is like, when we understand these hormonal fluctuations and sort of this cycle and the rhythm that we're on, we can really like lean into it and have more grace and compassion for ourselves and be like, no, okay, this is normal that I feel this way. And instead of fight it or force productivity or force things, we can really like come into a state of flow, honor our body and our needs and just like feel so much better without trying so hard. So 
Yeah, I think we want to feel better, especially around all these phases. And I think there are things that we're doing to help us and to hurt us. And I think you were talking about food through one of them. And we really want to nourish our bodies, especially in like one of the phases when we might need more calories. But what are the foods that maybe we should be avoiding that even though we might be craving them at this time, they're actually not making us feel any better, but making us feel worse? Yeah. So we definitely want a wide variety and every person is different. So first and foremost, if you know you're allergic to something or something is triggering you or not making you feel great, you probably might want to avoid that at least for the time being until you do some testing or figure out more about that. But so that first and foremost, but I would say really like limiting or cutting out the processed foods when possible. I know convenience is important, but just starting to read those ingredient labels because so many, if you're looking at packages of cereal or chips or protein bars, or even lots of stuff marketed as healthy, non-dairy milks, even a lot of them contain ingredients like all this refined sugar or shelf stabilizing chemicals or additives or emulsifiers. And those can cause inflammation and those can wreak havoc on our gut health, which is very linked to our hormone health. And then a lot of them too, like don't provide a lot of nourishment. They're just these hyper palatable foods. So we can eat more of it and still feel less satisfied. And then like, we need to eat again an hour later. So I would say if you're going to start anywhere, start cutting out the processed foods and just incorporating more real whole foods. So foods that don't have an ingredient label with a bunch of ingredients or reading the ingredient labels and making sure you can like recognize and pronounce what's in it. This is like, a, I guess it's such a personal question because everyone's like pain threshold is different, but how do you know if your period is normal? Like some people, some women, I think like sometimes it's like, oh, I just have cramps and like I get really bad cramps and that's just like how it's always been. So how do you know that it's abnormally worse than it should be or how it should feel? Yeah, no, totally. So I think that's a really great question. And so if your hormones are in balance, you should be pretty symptom-free during your period, meaning that if you are experiencing like a lot of symptoms like headaches, migraines, really painful cramping to where you need to pop mitral, bloating to where you're like having to unbutton your pants. If you have blood clots or you're like having to change out a super tampon, like every two hours, if you're like so fatigued that you feel like you need to take time off work, anything that's like challenging or feels debilitating to your life is probably a sign that your period is unhealthy. And yeah, I just, I think when you are having your period, you will feel more tired. You will feel more withdrawn because your hormones are at their lowest point, right? There might be a little bit of cramping or contracting. That's normal, but like anything more intense than that, anything where you feel like you need to be taking medicine or you have to be on birth control, breakouts, all of those symptoms that we, again, have just been taught are normal, are actually a symptom of hormonal imbalance. And the great news is that there are a lot of tools that we can implement just diet and lifestyle practices again, that will help reverse those symptoms so that we are not dealing with that every single month. And so is there anything like, let's say your period's coming now, I think it takes a little bit of time for us to change our diet and our routines and habits. Is there something we can do immediately when our period starts to help with some of these symptoms? Yes. So I think immediate wise, there's a lot of little tools. One is going back to the cycle sinking and, and your menstrual phase resting. So like letting your body rest, not pushing 
the high intensity workouts. It's only going to make you feel worse, especially make cramping worse, eating more and eating regularly and those mineral nutrient dense foods. So like starting to eat more of the stews or soups or bone broth, red meat, just really nourishing foods, taking anything like super stressful off your plate. If you're dealing with cramping, heat can really help. So like having a heating pad or taking a warm Epsom salt bath. Epsom salt is great too, because it contains magnesium and magnesium can really help with cramping and contractions. There's also a lot of like different Chinese herbs and teas. You can do like red raspberry leaf or ginger that can help with cramping. So I think like short term, you know, the when you're in that state, like resting, warmth, nourishing foods, minerals, Chinese herbs, and then long-term like root cause, you want to keep starting to implement some of those other practices we talked about that are going to impact your hormones, like reducing toxin exposure and stress and optimizing sleep and like eating more of those nutrient dense foods. Those are all going to have like the long-term impact because eventually you don't want to have to deal with those symptoms at all. So Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the things that has been so helpful for me, you were talking about nutrient dense foods and the foods that we eat and the foods we don't eat. So do you have any grocery store staples that are, are, it's a really good place for us to all just keep in our pantry or our fridge all week long? Yes. So I would say, again, it kind of changes based on where I'm at in my cycle and what's seasonable and, or seasonal and available, but always, I always have proteins on hand, fat and fiber, because I include that in every meal and snack. So it's like fiber veggies. I'll kind of rotate those out, but I love like, I have a lot of sweet potatoes and squash right now because it's seasonal and then leafy greens. I love arugula and I'll add that to salads, broccoli sprouts. That's a great one, especially when you're ovulating, it helps detox excess estrogen. And that's, it's so easy. You can add that in smoothies or put that on toast and you don't really taste it. So that's a little hack I love. And then different fruits based on what are seasonal. I usually always have berries and I'll do like a chia pudding for breakfast with coconut milk and berries and seed cycling granola a lot. And that's really good. And then protein, again, this will differ, but like I would can do once in a while, do like a grass fed steak. We do a lot of chicken and ground Turkey and then like salmon or wild caught shrimp and eggs. I eat a lot of eggs and then protein fat would be like avocado, olives, olive oil, nuts, seeds. So I always have like combination and some of those staples from each item that I can use to like throw together a quick meal. And yeah, it, again, it just kind of changes, but those are some of my favorites. And then what are your thoughts on coffee and drinking it? And is there a certain amount of time we should wait in the morning before drinking coffee? Yes. I love this question too. And don't worry, I'm not going to tell everyone (laughs) to not drink their coffee. It is very nuanced. And I think it there, it's all about context too. So I think, you know, it, it depends on how you're using it. Like, are you using coffee as sort of like a drug to get through the day or to use it as a meal replacement or you need it? for energy or to go to the bathroom, or is it like an enjoying ritual and a part of, you know, really enjoyable part of your morning routine. Also look at like how you are metabolizing it because some people metabolize coffee better than others. If you're feeling like jittery, anxious, wired, if you're having trouble sleeping at night, if you're having trouble focusing or like feeling a huge crash after it, you might want to assess 
whether or not it's best for you. And then with our menstrual cycle too, people tend to not be able to metabolize caffeine or coffee as well during our luteal and menstrual phase, because our stress response is heightened and our blood sugar is less stable. So you might want to maybe cut back or lessen it. For me personally, I just, I love coffee. I love the taste. I love the smell. I love the ritual, but I do just try and be really mindful of how I'm consuming it. And so, um, for me, one thing that really helps is having it with or after breakfast instead of before when you do it on an empty stomach and first thing in the morning, that's going to skyrocket your blood sugar and crash it. And then that's going to affect your energy and your cravings and your stress levels the entire rest of the day. So I've noticed that helps a lot and like having a nourishing breakfast with it, definitely not replacing breakfast. And then what you're putting in your coffee or adding to it too are important because there's lots of ways you can add lots of sugar or like inflammatory vegetable oils. Seed oils are often found in like a lot of popular non-dairy milks like oat milk, which tastes amazing. But you know, if you're going to the local coffee shop, chances are they're using an oat milk or non-dairy milk that's got a bunch of those chemicals or vegetable oils in it. So maybe making that like a treat, but not an everyday thing, if that's important to you. I like to make my own non-dairy milk and I'm really obsessed with coconut cashew milk right now. It's just like so good. It's easy to make. It's creamy. The recipe's on my site, but so I'll do that and make a batch. And then like, I have the little Breville espresso maker. So I'll do like a shot or two of that with the milk and then sometimes add like a little cinnamon or honey and it's super, super good. And if we're looking at the grocery store and we're buying like a milk or creamer, what are those oils that we should be looking out for? So we're making sure we don't buy those ones. Yes. So it's like a canola oil, rapeseed, sunflower, like any industrial kind of seed oil. I'm trying to think of what others would be, but so basically any oil you see in there, it helps with the texture and the consistency and can help keep it shelf stable. But again, that's, they're really oxidated. They're really highly processed. They're going to have that inflammatory response on your body. So like a couple brands that I like that are super clean. Malk is a good one. And they do an oat milk that's super clean. It doesn't have any oils. And then Elmhurst is a good one. And they do like a cashew and they do an oat and maybe a couple other ones and they don't have, it's just like the nuts or the oats and water and sea salt. So like the more basic, the better. Amazing. And if we wanted to learn more from you, can you tell us a little bit about your 28 day hormone balance reset plan and where to get it? Yes, totally. So I created that just as a way to extend my services because I can really only take on so many clients at a time. And there's so many women I know that like really want to understand their hormones and support them so that you can feel and look your best and lead your best life. So the 20 day hormone balance reset plan is basically like a guide to helping you understand your menstrual cycle, understand any hormonal imbalances you might be experiencing, and then gives you recipes for each phase of your cycle, lifestyle tips, movement tips, supplements, herbs that you can take to really support those hormonal fluctuations that I mentioned during each phase and reverse or mitigate any of those symptoms. And for me, I think the best part is the recipes because I just love cooking. I love food. And I just feel like if it's not, if it doesn't taste good, it's going to be so hard to make it a part of your routine and lifestyle. So I'm really serious about like making sure the food 
is really, really good. (laughs) Amazing. So if anyone wanted to work with you or follow you, where can we find you? Yes. So my website is so fresh and so green.com kind of like the outcast song instead of so fresh and so clean. It's so fresh and so green. And then on Instagram, I am at so fresh and so green, but I think it has like five E's because <laughs> so fresh and so green was taken. So I'll link everything in the show notes. so Everyone can find you and thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.